There's only so much to talk about. And most of it, I'm going to be honest, I'm in a foul mood because I'm tired and I don't have good things to say. Welcome back, team. We're back talking about season 45 of Survivor. It's a new season. It premiered this past week. So we're talking about episode one. If you caught our episode last Last week, yeah, we did a cast assessment. So, you know, however long in the past that was, we did it. So if you want to hear our thoughts on the cast, if you haven't already, that episode is available for you. But obviously, we'll be talking about how our feelings may have changed since then, now that we have a full episode. But season 45, episode one titled, We Can Do Hard Things. Spoiler, we actually can't. So we're already off on the wrong foot because we lied to ourselves and we lied to the audience. We cannot do hard things, but I digress. I am here with Stacy and Aggie. The crew is back. We're ready to cover the season. We're ready to talk to you as you watch along. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Escaping Reality Pod, which was just talking about making some core core content. So if you know what core core content is, message me because no one else seems to know. And with that, we're going to get into the episode. <laughs> It's going to be a good one. We have a lot to to discuss, but also kind of nothing to discuss. So it's going to be a big mystery bag for those listening. Before we get into our initial thoughts, I just want to remind everyone who's playing, what our teams are, just so that when we start spewing off names, we've got a frame of reference. So we've got the Bellow Tribe, who are blue. Their colors are blue. Bruce, Jake, Brando, Keturah, Kelly, Kendra. We've got the Lulu Tribe, who are yellow. Emily, Sabaya, Hannah, Brandon, Caleb, Sean. And we've got the Reba tribe, single mom who works two jobs. Uh, and there are the Red tribe, classic Reba. Um, and that is Sifu, Austin, Drew, J. Maya, Julie, and D. 18 new castaways. We know their names. We know their faces at this point. So let's get into it. Initial thoughts and first impressions of this season. Stacy, you and I were texting during the episode because we always watch live. You texted the group and you're like, are you guys watching live? And I said, of course I am. And Aggie <laughs> didn't respond because she was at the theater. <laughs> we're back to our usual routine and I love it. Not that I don't love when you watch live, Aggie, but I have come to expect that you're not going to. <laughs> so we're me back, Stacey, baby. <laughs> me and Stacy were texting. So I know some of your thoughts already, but give me your first impressions of this season. You know, I I knew Aggie wasn't watching. I meant to text just you, but it, it's just a habit to text the, the group. Thread. It's easier, but just I, in case. One day I will be. But I had just been on another Zoom with Aggie where she was walking to a, a show. So I, I knew. But, you know, Anna was there for me. So also, if anyone's wondering from last week, I think Aggie and I have recovered from our our beef. I think we are going to make it through friends again yay especially because of how emily showed up which i'll get to that but i was wrong okay i was wrong <laughs> but my initial thoughts were i mean yes i was very excited to have it back on my tv screen 90 minutes you know there was just a lot of excitement like i loved honestly brandon at the very beginning like getting emotional i was like oh my god it's one minute in and i'm crying because you can just tell he's a true true super fan who's like i can't believe i've wanted to do this since i was 11 and i'm standing in front of jeff like it just hit him very hard so that was great it was cool just to like kind of hear the players speak because we have been watching those 
podcasting videos, I guess, or those intro videos, but now to see them like interact with each other, um, especially because when we did the draft last week, I didn't know that which teams they were broken into. Like I was just watching, just scrolling through their names. So it was kind of cool to see them in their tribes. I mean, poor Lulu <laughs> is struggling from the start. There always has to be one. And I think it's going to be them. People who stood out to me though, Sean, I'm still, I'm feeling good about my Sean pick. He had good vibes, good energy. Um, same for Sabaya. I felt like she had good energy. I mean, another therapist has let us down. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say <laughs> on that front. And that's about it. I mean, oh, and then Bruce, I really didn't think Bruce would get so much pushback on day one, but leave it to Emily to call him out and make sure people are thinking about him as like a potential threat. And he didn't do himself any favors also, though, by saying he was the cool uncle and then like telling them what not to do with the shelter. <laughs> so he didn't really help himself there. But those are my thoughts. I mean, it was like a lot happened and not a lot happened, basically. Like, I just feel like I'm ready to get into the next couple episodes. But it was a decent start minus the quit. I mean, you never want, you know, a season to start with a quit. But those are my initial thoughts. I feel like calling it a decent start is really accurate. But Aggie, I don't think you feel as positive. So tell us what you're feeling. <laughs> oh, I'm really trying not to be a Debbie Downer. I have a whole note in my phone where I write down gratitude. And at the beginning of the year, I was really bad at it. And now every day, and it's like a, a daily thing. And I can come up with like 10 to 12 things every day that I'm grateful for and that I'm so glad that happened or whatever. And so I'm really trying to be in a better place when Survivor is testing it. They're testing it. Okay. My biggest issue was if you follow Kelly Wentworth on TikTok, which I feel like our audience probably does, she posted a TikTok that was like, Is this season gonna be like the best season of Survivor ever based on the promo? And then she literally stitched herself and was like, No, and just made like a cringe face. And then the TikTok was over. And I felt very much like that because while I can agree that like there were some decent things. And we'll get into it. I think one of the decent things was like Jeff kind of forcing their hand on Sweat and Savvy. Like that's a moment where I felt like producers were thinking like, okay, how can we affect the game with what we're giving them without it feeling like we're picking the winner? Because I think there's a fine line. But I, do, I did kind of enjoy that they were like, we're going to force your hand on Sweat and Savvy. I thought that was a cool twist. I think my biggest frustration, I had high hopes for Hannah and I don't want people to bully her on the internet. Like that's never what I want. But my initial reaction to her quitting, spoiler alert, I, I'm assuming you all watched, I uh, my biggest frustration was someone tweeted, I think it might have been Kellen from season 36, was like, there's an alternate who was in Fiji, like ready to go. And she literally quit day one. And while I understand, I know you guys told me, I'm, I don't listen to Jeff's podcast. But... Anna and Stacey do. And they told me that he kind of was like, I knew she would get a lot of hate from fans. So I, I didn't want to like also add to that. But I was like, I do feel like I just wish she had said anything, even even if it was not like yelling at her, because I don't think that helps. But like more of a disappointed parent to be like, have you thought this through? Like, have you really sat down and thought this through? Or are you just in temporary feelings about coming to tribal the first day, there's a lot of things going on. And like, maybe your body is just in shock and you haven't really thought through this. Do you know what I mean? Regardless, I think she was going to quit anyway. But for that reason, I was kind of sad that he didn't just say, voice something, even if it wasn't so like aggressive as like yelling at her and being like, 
I can't believe you're wasting this opportunity, blah, blah, blah. I just wish he'd said something. And it felt like such an anti-climax after the way the episode had been promoed and the way it had sort of felt like it was going. And then on top of that, Emily's being like low-key racist. And um, there was just like, there was a lot going on that I was like, for her then to quit? Like, what is this? Like, it was so bizarre. That last 20 minutes, I was like, I'm out. If this is what 90 minutes episodes give me, I don't want it. So again, decent start, I feel like is okay. It was just such a letdown for her to quit. That was not one minute. I'm so sorry. I went way over. We threw one minute away a long time ago. Ages ago, but I, in my mind, I was going to today, I was going to be better. And I just wasn't. So sorry. Yeah, well, that ship has sailed. Um, But I think what you're calling it anticlimactic is really apt. And I think ties into my initial thoughts as well. We'll talk about Jeff's reaction to the quit, which was like kind of a vote out, but it was a quit. And the language that we were using around it where he was calling it a vote out is bad in itself. But we'll talk about that later. But I do want to say one thing before I forget, which is that I think the fact that he had little to no reaction made the negativity from the audience worse. Because then people were bullying her on top of the quit with the fact that, like, why isn't Jeff saying anything? Like, why was it treated so casually? But we'll get to that in a bit. I just didn't want to forget. But I was going to make a compliment sandwich with my initial thoughts. But I think it's an open face sandwich because I have one bad thing generally and one good thing generally. Um, So it's not a real sandwich. I think my biggest disappointment similar to what you were saying, Aggie, with it being anticlimactic, was that something I said last week for what I was excited for for the season was for it to feel like a big milestone. Season 45 premiere episode. The promo has been insane. Like Jeff with the Empire State Building and the buffs all over, like iconic landmarks, so much fun, gearing up for what should be like a huge moment in Survivor. And it just felt so regular. It wasn't two hours, which again, we still got 90 minutes, but it made it feel less, like have less gravity as a premiere. We kind of just jumped right into things, which I know it's the start of the season. Like we got to jump in. There's only 26 days, blah, blah, blah. But then to have the anticlimactic ending, like it just felt unimportant. And that's really not what I wanted from this premiere episode of season 45, because it should have been a big deal. Second, good thing, compliment open face sandwich (laughs) um i do feel like we got a really good sense for people's personalities even though it felt shorter than usual um and like i said it felt really regular but i do feel like i know really well who these people are even though we didn't get weird backstories in this episode thank goodness um i'll take those later but you know my tune has changed on a couple people for sure that i didn't have the best things to say about in our cast assessment i'm definitely feeling the same about a lot of people but the people that i felt in the middle on who i was like i don't really have a sense of who they are i now feel like i have a sense of who they are and that to me is important in a season premiere so let's get into it this season starts with a marooning kind of not really we used to have better maroonings this one was just okay And really kind of the first thing that happens when they hit the mat and Jeff is talking to them on the barge is he brings up the fact that Bruce is there and that they recognize Bruce, which (laughs) we talked about this in our cast assessment. Like, do they really care? Do they not? But he brings it up pretty initially. Like, do y'all feel like Bruce has an advantage? He asks Bruce himself, do you feel like you're coming in with an advantage um, having been here before? And Emily pushes back so hard, so unprompted. So let's talk about it. because. As soon as she opened her mouth, I was like, 
oh no but she makes good points i'll give her that like she's not wrong she just her delivery is completely out of pocket you're both kind of rolling your eyes so what's the it's like tyra banks we were rooting for you i was (laughs) i know y'all weren't really but i was like she's gonna be a pleasant like you know blunt at times but still like smart about the game she has a point but why would you say that in the very first like two minutes of meeting everyone and he's not even on your tribe (laughs) like you're not even going to be voting him out anytime soon why not wait a little bit and bring that up if you're both at the merge and it was like it wasn't just one thing it was like he responded and she was like see what he's doing and i'm like oh my god like have you been waiting to unleash this since you like saw that he was there relax so that I was just like, dang, Emily, I really wanted you to, and she, isn't she in my draft? So like, I still kind of have to cheer for her, I guess. But yeah, that's just when I was like, oh, I couldn't text Aggie. She hadn't watched it, but I was like, never mind. <laughs> never mind. It's tough though, because I could see still not rooting for her, but like, it is kind of nice to have someone to root against in that way where I'm like, oh no, you're making mistakes, but it's kind of fun. <laughs> Okay, that is kind of related to what I was going to say. I hate Twitter. It's a bad app. X. You mean X? Yeah, do you mean X? X. I'm not calling it X. It looks like an app you should have, like, hidden. Somehow it looks like Grindr or something. Like, I'm like, I don't know what you did, Elon Musk, but it's, it's not a thing. Anyway, on Twitter, there's, like, this discourse about her being a villain. And I think my frustration with calling her a villain is... I don't want to go out and be like, she's racist or whatever. But when she is doing things that have racist undertones is how I'm going to phrase this for right now because I don't know about her life all the way. Like I'm getting an edited view of her on the television, but to quote someone else on Twitter, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it probably is a duck. Anyway, so when that is sort of the villainous aspect of how they are portrayed, it makes it not like that's not a villain I want to root for. Whereas I was talking about like villains in the past. I was like, Parv was a villain in that she tricked an innocent boy who was like 17 and just like didn't understand the world she just like used that to her advantage like I was like it's not that I don't want villains because I agree I think something that has been missing from Survivor is someone that you're like why is he still here like I actively don't want them here anymore mine was Gabler but he wasn't a villain he just like was annoying do you know what I mean like that's not like, where is, I know Stacey brings this up all the time, but where is the Sandra who's eating all the sugar and then blaming it on someone else? That's villainous and has nothing to do with someone's race or gender or whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? And so I was just like, that for me, I don't love the discourse that she's the villain we've all been looking for. I'm like, she's not. She's not the villain I've been waiting for. She's not the villain I want. And so for that reason, I was like even more frustrated with her. Thank you, Stacey, for the acknowledgement that we were wrong. It's okay. (laughs) And I'm really sad she's on your team. I wish we could just ignore her just because it's not the vibe. It's not the vibe. I mean, I just, I hope that she redeems herself. Like, it's only episode one. Maybe she'll have a heart to heart with, I don't know, Sean, maybe, and change her ways. That's my only (laughs) hope. Now, if she continues... With all this, the next, like, two episodes, then, yeah, we got to move on (laughs) from Emily. Yeah, maybe she'll realize that, like, she came so close to being voted out had Hannah not quit that, like, she'll rethink her, I don't know. I'm very curious to see, A, how long she makes it and if the same behaviors and attitudes that we saw in episode one 
are going to be consistent. I 100% think they are. I'm just curious to see if if my expectation aligns with what happens. You'll say she was self-aware because in tribal council when they're at, I don't know what Jeff asked exactly, but she was like, I feel like I'm a more intense version of myself right now. Like I can tell that I'm just like my normal kind of personality, but like at a 10. And I'm like, okay, at least you know, you are coming across as a lot. So what are you going to do about it now? That's my question. No, that's a good point. I'm so curious. She's intriguing. I can't, I can't lie. I can't lie about that. I guess, yes, you could call her intriguing because Stacey, I think that's a good point. She is a little bit self-aware, but I just, I want her to also be aware that she is fully just being like, well, the black people are working together. Yeah. It made me mad uncomfortable. I was like, ma'am, I need Brandon to be like, you know, that's like a little racist, right? Like as the white person on the tribe, you need to say something. Well, she wasn't really playing up the fact that she was targeting them because they had the time together in sweat and savvy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's did- really the only thing she had to go on as far as like why they were potentially more bonded than like, I don't know, Brandon and Hannah were because mm-hmm. like that really was it. But she didn't she wasn't expressing that as her reasoning. And it. Yeah. So it got it came, off wrong. it came off worse. Yeah. So it's just like, can you maybe explain that more? Like, where did that come from? Like, why are you thinking that way? Because all I'm seeing is racism. Yeah. Anyway, we move past that moment where we get a whole handful of Emily. And then we move into the first challenge, which is boring, except for Brandon. who <laughs> Brandon was very emotional when Jeff was talking to him on the mat. And I remember being like, oh, yes, baby, feel your feelings. And then he felt his feelings a little too hard, which I kind of understand. I thought he had low blood sugar and was going to pass out, but I think he was just having a panic attack, or at least that's what it was told to us as, but he really struggled through the challenge, ultimately, you know, causing his team to lose. But other than that, I thought the challenge was boring. Like, give me something new and exciting that isn't someone getting hurt. Why does that always happen in the first challenge? I didn't care about the challenge, except poor Brandon. <laughs> poor Brandon. Hey, Brandon. It was when he was, like, slumped on the deck, and Jeff wasn't like, hey, bring in medical. Like, he was just slumped on the deck. Oh, poor sweet Brandon. I will say, Brandon, if you're listening, I say this with all the love of my heart. It was a nice moment of comic relief in the episode, because you'd had this emotional moment, and it was, like, pretty intense. Like, the challenge was intense. When we couldn't get up the ladder... I felt very seen in that moment. I was like, I feel like I would go out on Survivor thinking I was going to be hot shit and I would do the exact same thing. Hold your head high. My guy, you did it. It's fine. And I think you brought this up in your initial thoughts. Why go through all the trouble of having a huge boat to do a real marooning, to not do a real marooning? Like, why bother? Like, if you're not going to throw bananas into the ocean and be like, go get the food, it's floating away. Why bother? no literally like we have the barge we have the big four and the big five in giant balloons like ready for the photo op and we're not really going to utilize it okay i know we've said that for the whole of the new era but like i kind of miss being like scavenged for the thing like we brought you food there's fruit on the boat there's things on the boat get what you can carry and what you can reasonably and feasibly get on your little raft i think it's dumb that we're like you have to win your pot and your machete. And then if not, we'll get into it. You have to sweat and savvy to get them. I, I miss a real marooning. Bring it back. I want Pearl Island style. Yes. Like, go to the like town guest and like negotiate for stuff. 
<laughs> I just like with the 26 days, we'll never have that again because they have to suffer, which I understand. I'm not happy about it, but there's other ways to still make it like dynamic and interesting from the jump instead of just like ghosts, which like row out to the thing and loop around the buoy and come back and climb the ladder. And then you might get your flint. Like that's so boring. Anyway, after the challenge, you, though, you might get your flint. Might. might. And I don't No, I hate that. <laughs> um, so the two teams that lose do not get their flint, nor do they get a pot, nor do they get a machete. Each losing team picks two players to go away to do sweat versus savvy, which they think is sweat versus savvy. And surprise, it's actually sweat and savvy. There is no or. We're taking the decision away. Um, the actual challenge itself is the sweat part is moving logs across the beach. And then the savvy is some sort of detangling puzzle, which we haven't seen before. So props to that. Something new. Um, I wish they would have given the audience a little more insight as to how to solve it. Because nobody solves it. Spoiler alert. And I was left being like, but is it solvable? But I do appreciate that as much as Survivor is a game where the decisions that you make matter so much that like if you go down one fork in the road versus another, like it will impact everything else in the game in a ripple effect. But I really appreciate that sometimes we take the decision away. Sorry, you thought you got to make a choice and you don't. I think it really throws them uh, for a loop. So thoughts on sweat and savvy that nobody's finished. So maybe it was a bad idea. I mean, I I like a twist, especially now that I feel like, I mean, we're what, this is the fifth season of the the new era or whatever. And it's like, they, they do know what they think are the new norms. So it's nice to like mix it up every so often. But yeah, I too am wondering, like, how do you actually do that puzzle? Like, Carson, are you going to show us? Are you going to do a little YouTube video where you figured it out or what? Because I want to know. What you said, Anna, about them forcing their hand, I did like that because I do think one of the problems with Survivor currently is that everything that happens, the players are anticipating. We kind of brought this up with Carson last season, and we all know I'm a Carson stan. But like the fact that he could practice all the puzzles, like that's kind of a problem. It's a problem for the game because you shouldn't be able to anticipate them. And I think Tyson talked about this when he went on the Challenge USA. He was like, they don't really repeat challenges. So when I was training, I just watched videos of old challenges to try and look for trends of like, these are skills that I would need to be able to have to be successful in this game. Aim, but I couldn't practice the exact challenge. He was like, there's almost always a swimming component. There's almost always an upper body strength component. So those are things I focused on, but it's never the exact same. Whereas I do think survivor people have been lulled into this sense of, I know what's going to happen. So I can train very specifically or think very specifically in every scenario that happens on survivor. And I'll know what the right move is. And like the reality of the situation is that's just not the case. Like or it shouldn't be the case, I guess. And I think this was a good example of that, of like they assumed it was sweat or savvy. And I do think it was a little sneaky of Jeff. He did say sweat savvy or something like that. I would have to go back and rewatch to see if he calls it sweat or savvy. Cause then I kind of love that, that he made them think it was the same thing and it wasn't. And so I don't mind the aspect of them, them forcing their hand. I think that's an interesting thing, but I think they need to continue doing it. Like next season, don't make it sweat and savvy again. 
I think that would bring an exciting element that we've been missing for a while. I hear you on that. Okay. We're going to do this in slightly non-chronological order because I think it's just the easiest way to discuss, you know, the budding tribe dynamics at camp. We'll go team by team, camp by camp, but obviously like the timeline of the episode is a little bit mashed up, but this seems like the the most straightforward way to talk about them all. So again, not not really in chronological order, but we're going to talk about the Bello tribe first, where some noteworthy things that happen. We have the Astrology Girls Alliance, which... Oh, I have so many feelings about. They all have like September birthdays. Kendra's real like astrologically inclined. She's high on the vibes and she's like, this is perfect. Um, They all have first names that start with a K. We're not going to name the alliance after that for obvious reasons. But I really turned a corner on Kendra in this moment. She, something that I think I said in our initial cast assessment was like, I don't know if she's going to play with others the way that she was playing to the camera. And I was pleasantly surprised that I think her dynamic with her teammates was actually much better than what I was expecting. And then the other moment that I really loved from the Bellow tribe was also something that we talked about in our cast assessment with the fact that Keturah was going to lie and say that she was something other than a lawyer. And I was like, boo, that's not going to matter. Um, it did. It mattered a lot because it came up, which is probably why it was included in the promo that I think Kendra was like, Boo, lawyers, too smart. And Couture was like, yeah, too smart. That's crazy. So she goes to talk to Jake and she's like, oh my God, you're a lawyer? Tell me about that. What's that like? And in her confessional, she's like, he just passed the bar. He's going to be so excited to talk about it. And she's 100% right. So Couture's people skills and perception is level 10 right now. So I I was really loving what we saw from the Bellow tribe. I think they're going to be a strong group. At least the women are. The men, maybe not so much. But thoughts on these budding alliances, these players that now we're really getting to see use their skills if they have them. Yeah, how are we feeling? Yeah. I have to speak. Oh, oh, oh. Stacey started first. Sorry. <laughs> well, no, I was just going to say the lawyer thing was funny because I we had a whole combo about it. I still... Look, I still... <laughs> It's just Jake lying about what type of lawyer he is. <laughs> it's like, and now, like, she knows, I mean, you know, like, she knows all types of lawyers, probably. So she's like, either way, he's a baby lawyer, <laughs> like, regardless. Um, so that's just funny, but good for her. Because, yeah, if she can keep up the, her lie of, I think she said she works for a nonprofit. I mean, that's kind of vague enough where I guess you could just kind of be like, yeah, we just help with this cause. <laughs> and like, you don't have to get into too many details. So good for her. Kelly is just like, I still get, I still have good vibes from her, but I don't think she had like a ton of airtime yet, but I just still feel like she's in good with the women. She's, she does seem like she's going to be athletic. Um, And so I'm still, she's my, my hopeful one because idle chatter posted on our commented on our post, like the episode's not even over and I can tell Ag- or Anna's going to have the winner again. And I was like, hold on. Kelly's still there. <laughs> like Sean's still there. So I feel good about her. <laughs> to be fair, I feel really, really strong about my picks. But after that scene, like that September birthday girl alliance, I'm like so jealous that I have none of them. And I have two of them. Yeah. And Kendra really does seem like your kind of person, Anna. <laughs> I know. I judged a book by its cover and it might come back to bite me in the ass. I was so pleased. I also have three people from Bello on my team anyway. 
I have Brando, I have Kendra, and I have Katora. And those girlies were giving me life. Katora, I it's, this is the only time where I'm less annoyed with the line about the lawyer thing. But again, I think she was so smart. What you brought up about Jake, like she was like, he's a baby lawyer. He's going to love talking about this. And she ate it up. And I also, it was giving like, I'm going to pretend to be dumb. So this can feel special. And I loved that. I was like, thank you so much. Thank you so much. So I'm all about Katora. Kendra, I remember last week I, I picked her on a whip. I was like, I think I'm going to take Kendra in a wild sort of choice. I think I'm going to take Kendra. Feeling really good about that choice now. I hope they stay forever. I They were so cutie, like the little screaming girly, like, wait, we were all born in the same month? Like, I was dying. I thought it was so cute. I actually think Bello has good vibes. Bello is the one Bruce is on, and they're all annoyed with him. Yes, which, like, I could go on a whole rant about how maybe if we didn't have only one person, like, over 40 on the whole season this wouldn't be such a problem but i'm not gonna go on that rant but yes bruce is on this team julie's over 40 okay (laughs) the point still stands the The point point still stands yes but here's the thing i said last week that i wasn't like that interested in bruce returning and now i'm kind of like what you're telling me we missed out on last season is you being the dad of the tribe I'm actually not that sad that you went home first. That's not like a, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm truly just like, is this the energy you were going to bring to 44 also? You know, Jeff loves the older men with the dad energy and he doesn't have them anymore because he wanted young people. Jeff wanted young people. And look what you got, Jeff. You lost your favorite type of player. I feel like Jeff can't play himself. So he always has to have a 40 year old man on the show or a 50 year old man. His avatar. Yeah. It's his avatar. It's like his Wii emoji, whatever. His Wii emoji. <laughs> his bitmoji. I can't. Okay. We have to move on. We have to move on. But it's anyway, weird. I'm here for Bella. They seem like a good time. Um, that's a good segue because I'm so here for Reba. I have the most people on my, you know, drafted team from Reba. So it makes sense that, you know, I'm excited about them. We got some crazy cats over here. Sifu, my guy. So glad he's on my team, but what a chaotic person in the best way, in the most fun way. Is he going to shoot himself in the foot? For sure. He already did. He got caught in his spy shack, but he's got like Tony meets Danny meets coach energy. And like, it's a good time. You cannot deny it. He's fun on screen. He's sneaking around. He's like cheekily looking at the camera after he gets caught. Like, it's just a good time. And then on the flip side, you have Austin, who's just like gathering wood, being a good Samaritan for his teammates, and he finds a beware advantage, which we'll talk about in a second. But I also have D on my drafted team, and she's the one who we hear the most from in terms of like catching Sifu in the act of spying on them. So that's like a fun budding dynamic. They're not going to tribal yet, so it, you know, it kind of lived in its own little bubble in this episode but i'm interested to see if that comes into play if and when they do go to tribal because i think the llamas were saying this on their podcast recap of this episode where they were like seif was fun but like they don't need him they have drew they have austin like you don't really need sifu for challenges so like if he's just causing a ruckus like he's gonna go home but i very much enjoy him so let's talk about that and then we'll talk about the beware advantage I just want to quickly say that I think the llamas are right. Like they don't need Sifu for strength. Something I think, Stacey, you said at the beginning, like there always has to be one team that's doing bad. 
I think Reba is a good example of like Sifu could have been on Lulu. Do you know that? Like he didn't need to be on Reba. Like they have, like you said, they have Austin and um, Drew who have like height and some strength. Like Sifu could have been on Lulu and Brandon could have been on Reba and like it would have been more even and fair. Like you don't need to have a tribe that struggles. Yeah, I my only thought on Reba is really that we all watched that secret or that deleted scene, I guess, of them making fire. Yeah, I wish that had been included because I just thought that was a very good scene. Like it just kind of showed them all bonding and working together. And then it did show that Sifu, like he has kind of the meditate meditative side as well. Like he, you know, he had to go sit by the water and and breathe before trying again. Um. But yeah, I mean, him getting caught uh, spying on them, I was just like, oh, God, like, why? What? Like, don't cause issues for yourself right now. Why? Not and, on the first day. Yes. And I can't remember if it was Tyson's podcast or someone else, but someone was like, look, stop trying to be like Tony. Like, he is the only Tony. Like, no one else can do it like him. So, but then on the flip side, Austin is like, I'm just like, I'm just picking up firewood and stuff. But of course I'm looking and look what he found. So good for him. Yes. So perfect segue. Austin does find what we've come to find out is a beware advantage. Um, He's just like naked as he's finding this. Um, And there's a lot of like really slow pan shots of his body, which all right. Thanks for that. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate. I was like, I don't need to be blushing while I'm watching Survivor. I'm a grown ass woman. Stop. No, he's doing the Lord's work. You know, he's doing the Lord's work for for us for Saw this how podcast. Charlie's responded to Red, White, and Royal Blue, and he said, "I can do that." <laughs> but Hottie Austin finds the beware advantage, and it is again. It's a, like you have to do something in order to find the idol or gain the idol, and until you find the idol. You don't have a vote. And he's like, yeah, whatever. So he has a series of tasks, it says. But we only come to find out that the first task is to decipher a code that's on their tribe flag, the Reba flag. And he has like a little cipher on parchment that has to be lined up with the code to figure out what's maybe a clue, what's maybe the next task. It's unclear. We didn't get to see the whole rules like we sometimes do, but that's our beware advantage. Am I dumb or was that not a difficult cipher and we maybe don't need to use the flag? I don't think I like... Looks un- like I didn't get a good flag. enough look. Okay, I looked at it. It said dig up something. Yeah. I was like, it looks like it's just bottom half of letters. Do we even need to look at the flag or could I just guess what it says? Because You probably Nick, could guess. Nick what and Steve is- were like, there's no way he's going to have to look at the flag. And I was like, I'm pretty sure as an elementary school teacher, both of you, you could figure it out. They're capital letters. Here's what we're going to do. Dum-dums. After this episode, I'm going to find the screenshot that has the cipher and I'm going to send it to the group chat and we're going to find out. I'm I'm almost positive there were at least four letters that I was like, those are letters. Wait, but when you say letters. When you say bottom half, you mean like literally, like it was just like the letter, but split it's literally in half? just a yeah, sentence so- been cut in half. Because it the the flag um, with the tribe name has like the top half, so he has to line it up to find oh. what the correct phrase is. Oh, I see. Even Nick were fully calling me out. Like, there's no way that's what it is, and I'm like, there might be, but I didn't get a good enough look at it. So I want to play this game, and after we're off the call, I'm going to find it, and we're going to find out. Well, Owen 
was on um Rob has a podcast or whatever and he already figured it out the whole thing so I guess so it's, it's not- figure outable okay yeah. perfect the flag I said what I said but to be fair they also showed the top half so maybe he took both and like piece of yeah he, yeah like I, I think he did use both screenshots um, yeah I don't think that's necessary friends I we're do- gonna find out we're yeah. gonna find out once and for all I just remembered that actually the very first like scene is is his name Drew is that his name? Drew? Yeah, Tolly McTall. Okay. Sorry, that was me. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say the tall guy. We'll call him uh, Tall Drew. But he's like, I'm the smartest person here. And I don't mean that in like a, a mean way. Like, I'm just the smartest person. I'm like, what? Why are you saying that? I just don't. <laughs> entitled white man energy. And I say it's that. giving. I want to push him into a locker. <laughs> Wait. Sorry. And someone tweeted, someone tweeted as a nerd. Half of this cast needs to be pushed inside of a locker. Someone, they do. They were like, as someone who's been pushed in a locker, half this cast needs to be pushed inside a locker. And I cackled. Because remember, he was the person on the draft. I was just like, honestly, anyone but him on my draft. Yeah. I do think like he might be more likable. But saying something like that then puts him back to square one. Like, I just, I feel like I want to like him, but then, like, stuff like that happens. Yeah. (laughs) Like, maybe he has layers, but so far, all I'm seeing is energy I don't like. He says he has two sides, at least, to remember. Bastille. (laughs) I have two wolves inside me. They're both (laughs) nerds. Okay. It's time to move on to everybody's favorite team, Lulu. Oh, poor Lulu. At Lulu, we have Brandon and Hannah bonding over not feeling, you know, their best. They're not feeling 100%. There's a lot of crying, which I liked until I knew how it ended. And then I was like, oh, well, shit. I don't like these people anymore. Um, Mostly just Hannah. Emily is super paranoid and annoying. And she doesn't believe the fact that Caleb and Sabaya came back empty-handed from Sweat and Savvy, which, again... I really understand her thought process. Like, it's a logical thing to think in Survivor that, like, oh, they're lying. They wouldn't come back empty-handed. Like, that's never happened before. They either got an advantage or, you know, they're they're hiding something from us. But we know that to be untrue. And so it just comes off as, like, oh, my God, why is Emily so paranoid and obnoxious? So, uh, Lulu. Oh, Lulu. (laughs) They're just really off to a rough start because don't forget brandon also was like still having chest pain or something and he said it could be his like acid reflux thing i'm just like oh my god (laughs) like he's struggling they were all just so full of complaints (laughs) well uh, mostly just the three of them okay this is interesting caleb's um like pet peeves thing was like people who complain but don't have like a solution or something like that and that and so then when it's happening with emily he's like like i hate this like if you want if you think we're doing something wrong can you give us another suggestion i'm like that too like there are so many times at work where i'm like i don't think this is the best way but i'm like but honestly i'm too tired to think of a better way so i'm not gonna like be the debbie downer and that's what emily is so i can see how caleb and sabaya are just like look you're not even trying to just help or like be a little more encouraging we already have two people over here like crying wanting to quit and then you're just like critiquing us like it's just I just feel like if I were on that tribe it would be very very stressful 
you've worked so hard to get on Survivor and then you're around like all this negative energy and your team is falling apart. <laughs> I would be stressed. Yeah. It did make um Caleb, Sean, and Sabaya look so rational though. Yeah. And especially like even not to jump ahead, but later in the episode after they lose and they're going to tribal, spoiler alert. And Brandon's like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna play my shot in the dark tonight. And instead of freaking out, Sabaya is just like, What? Why? Like it's so calm. It's so like to the point where I feel like in the past we've seen people kind of scramble and be like, the chaos. And she's like, What are you talking about? Shut up. Stop it. Why? Well, I, yeah, I have even more thoughts about how Sabaya handled tribal, but I'll wait since we're just gonna talk about We'll get there it. for yes. sure. But it, it the juxtaposition of like Brandon, Hannah, Emily to Sabaya, Sean, Caleb was it made the three of them look really like they know what's going on. I'm not gonna add too much here. You guys, I feel like covered it. I Sean's principal energy is really gonna come in handy. Someone needs to put these people in line. I agree with you. I think Stacey, when you I feel like you texted us about Caleb's thing being that uh, doesn't like when people have no solutions, or I was texting you and somehow it came up and I was like, that is actually one of my biggest pet peeves too. I think it's a really good ethos to have as a just someone who is in a job working with other humans. I think complaining for the sake of complaining, you need to vent every once in a while, but at some point you got to like look around and be like, okay, I'm no longer part of the solution. Like, how can I become part of the solution? I mean, the title of the episode, right, is we can do hard things. And that's like Brandon and Hannah, like having a little heart to heart being like, we can do this. And it's like, yeah, but what happened is you guys sat there and complained at each other. And then the problem is if you find someone else who's willing to complain with you, your mindset becomes like, I'm just looking for the negative things. And I feel like we've seen a lot on this show, people be in that headspace and someone be like, you know what? We have to take a second and be like, let's look at how far we've come. Let's look at all the things we've been able to do up until now. And no one was doing that. And then on top of that, Emily is just negative. Like, it's not even that she like wants to go home because she needs a cigarette. Hannah, she's literally just like not like I don't think Emily has ever approached something from a glass half full perspective. That seems to be her personality. I'm not saying like you need to change or be better. But it's just kind of like, why Why did you do this? I thought that what Lulu had going for them was being the most enthusiastic. Come to find out that after day one, that enthusiasm is snuffed out, so to speak. But I think that's what I thought of them going into it. Like, Brandon was a super fan. Hannah seemed like she was so excited to be there. Emily, despite her, you know, downsides that we've talked about was adamant like I'm here because like I didn't want to see another person like Gabler win like for the women like let's she had some level of like eagerness um and then I just think they you know disappointed on that front but let's move into the immunity challenge it does not go well for them <laughs> the challenge I thought was you know was predictable another like obstacle course to a puzzle I did like the struggle to get up the wall that was kind of fun to watch. Similar to what I said in my initial thoughts, like I think it's a good sense, a good way to sense people's personalities of like, are they the one pulling from the top? Are they pushing from the bottom? You know, are they helping their teammates get up in a way that speaks to who they're going to be in other challenges? But aside from that, I got really stressed when they went headfirst into the mud, thought someone might break their neck. But yeah, Lulu loses, which is great because it sounds fun. 
the Lulu losers. And the idol, the immunity idol, is a really ugly bird. So we've got that. Pelicans are majestic. What is okay? Well, the this idol was not majestic, so riddle me that. The whole pelican, it was like its face and its little beak like squished into its nose. And then Jeff said, You can have its it's (laughs) you get the cool bird part, or you get the thing it's standing on. I was like, This is weird. I was talking with my brother that he was like, Okay, but the the bird of it all could be cool for the individual necklace like it could have feathers it could have like tiny bird skulls i'm not holding out hope because this is boring and ugly but you know points were made but yeah any any feelings on this challenge anything that stood out to you or do we want to move right into deliberation and travel i just agree with you that i really thought we were going to have not a medivac but a body bag leave this (laughs) challenge snaps neck (laughs) Yeah, like, <laughs> I was like, this is giving like, you know, that episode of America's Next Top Model where they, um, no, you guys don't. You, I can tell by your faces, you immediately don't. But there's an episode of America's Next Top Model where they um have to like pose on this sh- like heavy duty plastic sheeting and there's water on it and they are like swimming around in it. And this girl, Claire, like decides she's going to fall into it to start, but there's like not enough water and she definitely like really hurts her neck. Tyra and Jay are both like, we told you not to do that. Why did you do that? Like, I just, it doesn't, watching it, I was like, why did you go down head first? What the fuck were you thinking? It was hurting me to watch a little bit. What was up with the, um, the using the buffs so much to pull themselves up? <laughs> yeah. Stacey, because they couldn't do it. I've just never seen such a thing. And I'm like, I didn't know the buffs were so strong. Like they're stretchy, but yeah, it's str- the strength of that. Like, like to pull the weight uh, of a human being, that's intense. I was just like, who decided to try that? I mean, I don't know. It was pretty smart, actually. <laughs> but I don't know. Something about it was silly. <laughs> well, and Jeff tried to be like, this is the first time the buffs have ever been used like this. Like, try to, like, make it a thing. Anyway, Lulu loses. And I'm not surprised. So we get back to camp. And no one's really feeling Emily's vibe. Hannah is expressing all of a sudden that she wants to leave. She's crying. Her feet are wet. She's not feeling good. She's hungry. She wants a cigarette. Blah, blah, blah. Um, And Brandon is well aware that he has underperformed in the challenges and he's been really vocal about not feeling good physically um he calls himself a liability at some point which like oh brandon i just feel that so hard because i feel like if if i were out there and i was like if you were the reason that your team lost a challenge not once but twice in like days one and two you would just feel like absolute garbage and you would automatically assume you're going home and like the weight of those feelings would make it so hard to try and like argue your own case so i get that he's like it's me i'm going home i'm gonna play my shot in the dark like it's a bit much but i completely understand it and so for that i you know i give him props plus like (laughs) he does it doesn't turn out the worst for him so it makes me look at it in a better light because i again because i know how it ends now like before i knew what was going to happen I was like, oh, is it going to be Brandon or Emily? Like, what's going to happen? Who are they going to decide on? Or is Emily going to get her way and it's going to be Caleb? Like, how is this going to go? And then, you know, we get to tribal and like, 
(laughs) you start to realize how it's going to go. And it just makes you watch this scene with different eyes and it makes it worse. So, you know, let's let's talk about the the deliberation at camp. We talked a little bit before about the fact that Emily is pointing out, you know, Caleb and Sabaya have formed a bond. She does not go about it maybe in the best way, but she's gunning for like, maybe we should vote out Caleb, even though in her confessional, she's like, I'm well aware that like without Caleb, we would not have won or rather we would have had even less of a chance in the challenges. So, you know, that wouldn't be the smartest move, but maybe it's the right move. Thoughts? Again, it's so tainted by the result. Yeah, like it just, it's like all that talk, but I mean, someone just quits at the end. (laughs) So, And uh, we can go right into talking about the discussions at Tribal Council, because really like, it, it really just bleeds in from what they were talking about at camp. Like it's just more discussion and more development. Jeff hardly has a hand in it other than asking them a couple questions, but they really take the reins themselves. It, there was something ominous about it because it wasn't a two hour episode. We got to the like hour 15 mark, I feel like is when we actually went to tribal. And I was kind of like, what's going to happen? Like there's not enough time left for anything of circumstance to happen at tribal. And the reason that was like dissonant was because we had no idea who they were voting for. Like in in real time without knowing the result, I was like, is this going to be a straightforward tribal? Because based on this, there's three names out there. We haven't spoken to Sean and he's not one of the names. Who is he voting for? Like I was I was very confused. And again, I was watching a day later and I had seen I had seen discourse online, but not the results. And it was a lot of like, is this the worst episode of Survivor? And I was like, what is going to happen that people are saying that? But also I was like, I don't know who anyone's voting for. And then I was like, poor Caleb and Sabaya being fully thrown under the bus for no reason. And I was just like, what? And then Brandon's sitting there and he's like, I'm going to play my shot in the dark. And Hannah's like, I want to quit. And Brandon's like, maybe me too. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Like, also, Brandon and Hannah, my only two members of my team on this tribe, both saying they want to quit. I was like, get your shit together. Get your shit together. I, you can't both leave. I felt uncomfy watching because I was just like, where is this going? And there's also no time left. And, and so for me, I was so overwhelmed by any discourse because it felt very chaotic. It was like, I want to quit. I want to quit. Maybe we vote her. Maybe we vote her. I'm going to vote her. And Sabaya sitting there like, don't play your shot in the dark. And I'm like, why is that even coming up? Like, I, it was so weird. And I did see online that, or no, my friend sent me this thing. Apparently, Kendra? In the deleted scenes. Yeah. So, that, so Jeff talks about that on his podcast. It's my it's my vibe check for him. But yeah, Kendra, long story short, got to cast a vote for Brandon. But then it didn't even matter. Right. <laughs> Which is why they didn't show it. Like, that didn't even matter? Um, Stacey, you were saying something earlier that you yeah. wanted to talk about Sabaya at Tribal. Uh, yeah, I think my main takeaway, aside from all the, like, chaos, was that when Emily did her whole call out the two Black people thing, and was like, they're, you know, they're clearly going off and they're, like, friends and working together and whatever. I felt like Sabaya handled it so well. She was just like... I mean, that's really your person. Like you have chosen to believe that and that's isolating yourself. We've never said we're in an alliance. We are like, I don't know if she said this, but like we went to do the challenge thing together. That doesn't like, that doesn't mean anything, but you, but really she like put it back on her. Like 
you can tell yourself that and you're the one isolated. Like, again, without saying it, she's basically like, you're the one no one likes right now. <laughs> so keep telling yourself that. But in a very calm way. Um, and I'm just like, this could be foreshadowing. I hope it is that she's going to be able to like, unfortunately, probably put up with some stuff, <laughs> but just be like, look, that is about you. I'm st- I'm still like being friendly to everyone. I'm just minding my own business. <laughs> and uh, we'll see who gets further. Like that's kind of the energy I got from her was like, I'm unbothered by you trying to like attack me right now. <laughs> like that's your own problem. So I was pleasantly surprised. I can't remember if Caleb said much or if Sabaya just kind of spoke, you know, on behalf of them, but I liked it. My impression of Sabaya from the promo content was that I thought that her weakness would be being too quiet. Just like that's kind of the sense that I got. And she's definitely has what seems like a reserved personality, but she came out swinging way more than I thought she would this episode. And so I'm so excited to keep watching her. She really, my mind changed a lot on her and Kendra more than anybody else. Same. I originally didn't think I was going to like Sabaya. Not for anything that she did, but just, again, the promo material didn't, I feel like, did her dirty. I think also the promo material really leaned on the fact that she used to be a Marine and stuff. I think she's, like, a more interesting person than that. But I think they just wanted to say, like, we have a Marine. And I was like, I just, I think you're minimizing who or what she is and what she's about by making it about that but yeah I agree I was pleasantly surprised by how much I liked her and I also yeah Stacey 100% I felt like she handled Emily for someone who claims to sort of like lean into logic and she's going to be very strategic and think about this game I think part of that requires you thinking about the impact of yourself and your words and she's just not someone who ever considers impact and for that reason I find her a little annoying. But I think the Sabaya was such a nice foil to that of we've never said that. And so like while I can potentially acknowledge you thinking we might be working together, the fact that that is now working against us is illogical and psychotic. And I appreciated her just being like, no. I also didn't love that Emily got to have the moment where she's like, well, Hannah, if you want to quit, I know that Caleb and Sabaya and Brandon and Sean want to be here and I want to be here. I was like, why is Emily the mouthpiece for this like please stop I can't I'm trying to figure out who she reminds me of because there's some like good player she reminds me of but even the way after Emily did her whole like attack basically she was like I mean I feel like I'm taking a whooping (laughs) like it's just stuff like that where she's like I don't know where this is coming from but like relax but in a very like calm way like she kind of was like laughing a bit I'm just like what is this um I can't tell if it's like Surrey vibes or I don't there's just someone she reminds me of reminds me of someone like famous oh really yeah I get that vibe too like I got a vibe that it was like she reminds me of like a character in a show or something that I've watched like I didn't I didn't think it was a survivor player like every time she came on screen I was like you look like someone you have someone's vibe and I cannot put my finger on it so if anyone knows who it is please send it to us in our DMs because she reminds me of someone like famous and I cannot figure out who it is. Or maybe it's her relative and she's going to be on claim to fame. Maybe that's her next show. Wow. <laughs> the crossover. Stop with the claim to fame agenda. It is a great show. No, keep it going. I want to watch and I need you to hold me accountable. <laughs> anyway, Hannah goes home. Do we want to talk about it at all? Or do we not want to give it the time of day? 
because she's straight up at, at a certain point during tribal the conversation starts to shift and she's like just for the record i don't need to be voted out to leave and mm-hmm. jeff has shocked face oh jeff has shocked face and is like wait are you saying what i think you're saying and the answer is yes but like she just plays it off in such a blase manner it her attitude is so off-putting it's so unserious i think it came across as disrespectful and i'm sure it came across that way to a lot of people which is why it was received so negatively is it's not just that she quits it's like the nonchalant way that she quits as if none of this mattered and she didn't really want to be here in the first place and like it's it's a little bit funny haha i'm so hungry i want to be watching from my couch like come on it's not the fact that she quit like people have quit in the past it was that she made a joke out of it that was just like that's insulting to the viewers it's also it's like a little insulting to yourself like aren't you a little bit I don't know. Like, why aren't you more embarrassed? Yeah. Like, why are more disappointed in yourself or sad? I don't know. Yeah. Like you, you made an audition tape. You went through rounds of casting. You COVID tested. You fucking sat for two weeks at Ponderosa. Like, remember how Sari, when we did that trivia thing, she talked about her son got pulled not two days before the game because he said something in one of their interviews and they're like, he's going to quit. He's not going to be able to handle it and he's going to quit. I'm sorry. You had Ceree's son. That was a slam dunk marketing opportunity for you. And something about what he said made you think he's just not ready. We can't put him out there because he's going to want to quit and he'll leave. And like that just, it won't be good for his game. It won't be good for anybody's game. Like it'll just throw a wrench in the plans. So that was season, season 37. Not four years ago, you producers had the wherewithal to be like, we have to pull them. They're not going to make it. And you're telling me nothing in Hannah's interviews, prep, nothing made you have a similar sort of like ding, 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 ding. Like this, something's coming off like she won't be able to do this. Or does that just not matter anymore? I could not stop thinking about Sari's son when she quit. But also like if you know you're addicted to nicotine, why didn't you start quitting like a month before you went to Fiji? Yeah, I just feel like her whole just saying like, I just want to be sleeping in bed. That's the part that just annoyed me because I'm like, I mean, you knew like you knew there was no bed. I like I feel like other things if you're just like, I mean, even if Brandon had been like, I think my anxiety is just way worse than I thought. Like, I just don't think this is healthy for me. That'd be a little different. But just to be like, I want to sleep in a bed. I'm just like, (laughs) and it also makes me wonder was it like being like was it like oh she realized she was on the worst tribe and was just like this is gonna be very uncomfortable <laughs> let me get out now like if she had been on Reba would she have still quit I wonder I don't know but I do agree with what you're saying Anna it's just kind of the way it seemed like and she was just like even if they don't vote me out I don't like I can still leave just kind of like it's like just not the respect for the game kind of. But again, we're all saying this as pe- like, I did have a moment where I was like, look, I could honestly say myself. I mean, I don't want to put this on here in case producers are ever listening. But like, there is a world where I could see myself being like, yeah, <laughs> let me just go home. <laughs> but for me, it would be the hunger. Like that is the one thing I worry about is like, 
I don't do well hungry for more than like five hours. So I just feel like that would be something where I'd be like, we don't even have fire today. Like what? Like, are we going to have a meal? (laughs) But the bed, like, I just, I wouldn't have said the bed thing. I think that's what upsets me the most. It's what you said, Stacey. It just shows a lack of respect for the game. And even if she does respect the game, it makes us think she doesn't. She just didn't in the moment seem at all heartbroken or sad that this opportunity was slipping through her fingers. Like, and that's what gets me. Okay. Well, Hannah goes home, which is what she wanted. So good for you, girl. Get get after what you want. <laughs> Go after your dreams. It's time to vibe check Jeff. There's a there's so much to vibe check him for. I mentioned earlier that my vibe check for him is the deleted scene. So I will I will run you through my thoughts. I have such a problem with Jeff. I'm so sorry. Um, so on his podcast, he had this conversation about like, here's what you didn't see in the episode. And he really only brings it up because he's like, I want you to know about it in case it has bearing on the game later, which makes me think that it will in some capacity because otherwise, like you took the time to cut it out of the episode why not just not tell us about it? You know what I mean? Like it, we never would have known unless it's going to matter in some capacity, but basically after winning the first challenge or whatever, someone gets to be chosen to go to the Lulu camp. Kendra is the person chosen or like, I don't know if they drew rocks or whatever. I don't, I don't remember the details or he may not have even given them, but she gets to go to the Lulu camp and basically like observe, hang out, spy, whatever you want to call it. And then when she leaves, she gets to cast a vote for their tribal council. Or sorry, so it's after the immunity challenge because you know that they're going to tribal. And she ultimately ends up voting for Brandon, but because none of this matters, it it wasn't shown. Um, But we also had the deleted scene of the Reba tribe from Instagram where Sifu's making fire. We get to see him more in that role, which I'm sure was cut from the episode because he's going to end up being like comedic relief. And that showed him actually doing something like very constructive for his camp um but i just have beef with the fact that like we now are getting these longer episodes but like we're not getting we're not getting more content we're just getting longer scenes of the same stuff like jeff was so adamant about like oh 90 minute episodes blah 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 but like all we did was see extra long scenes of hannah complaining for her to then just leave like you're not showing me anything more you're just showing me more of what you're already showing me that was such a terrible sentence but you get what i mean yeah my beef with jeff this week is the deleted scenes and the way that he talked about them and how like we didn't show you because it wasn't important but i'm going to tell you because it might be important to the game like which is it jeff is it important or not do we need to know or not because if we need to know put it in the goddamn episode (laughs) i yield my time aggie five check jeff please i actually felt like he was sort of the least unhinged he's been in a while so I'm going to, I'll give him a vibe check. Give me two seconds. But I do think, Anna, your point of why are there deleted scenes that the survivor castaways are posting on their own Instagram that I need to watch in order to understand the game? I don't follow any of them because I don't want spoilers because I never watch live because I suck. So like, anyway, I'm going to vibe check him for not vibe checking Hannah. I'm going to vibe check him for not doing anything to stop her. And then being like, get her to the fandom like that's not the that's not it it's tricky right because you're like you don't want jeff to influence the game 
But even TJ does that on the challenge sometimes when someone says they want to quit. And sometimes TJ is able to convince them to stay. It's not often, but every once in a while, he's like, I just like, can I just talk to you? Like everybody else, get out of here. Like, I just want to talk to you. And like, sometimes there's something going on at home or whatever that he just like can't talk you out of it. But I think of even when Jeff talked to Jenna when her mom was sick and we all were kind of like, yo, it's like a she her mom's dying, like leave her alone a little bit. But there was an aspect of it that wasn't him yelling at her like I'm mad at you. And there was a little bit, but it was kind of like I'm disappointed that you bothered to come. And I just wish there'd been a little bit of father energy from him of just like, I picked you like I personally chose to bring you out here to bring you to Fiji And not only is it insulting to the rest of your team, it's insulting to me. It's insulting to everyone who believed in you as someone who could do this game for you to just immediately write it off with a joke and a laugh. I think it was that he didn't address that she was laughing about it. Say what you want about her quitting in general, but it was it's really frustrating for him not to address like you're joking about this. You're not even taking this seriously. Do you know how hurtful that is? to everyone else who's played this game for 44 seasons, to me who's hosted it for 45, to you who watched it for that long. Like, do you see how insulting that is to the game that you claim to love? Like, I wish he just said something like that to her for her to just sit and think about it for even 30 seconds. I'm sure there was more to it. Like I'm, and I'm sure for an edited version of this, it was more, you know, like interesting to see her do it the way she did but it was so frustrating that Jeff didn't say anything. So that's my vibe check. Stacey? Um, I think my vibe check is just what he said about the buffs. He was just like, the first time buffs have been used in a challenge in this way. And I'm like, you are just really stretching. You're just really grasping at straws. <laughs> it's just not that serious. Aside from that, I felt I really didn't focus on him too much this episode. Like, I felt like there, I think there was one other comment he might have made about Brandon. Oh, no, that, okay, that is another one I noticed when Brandon was struggling in one of the two challenges and he was like, uh, he just like pointed that out and was just like, this, now you're really on Survivor, something like that, and just kind of calling him out while he can't breathe. <laughs> I'm like, leave the man alone, please. So those were the only times I really noticed Jeff this episode. Okay. Our favorite part of the episode. It's Castaway of the Week time. First week of a new season. We got to pick our our MVPs of the episode. So I don't remember who I had going first, but Aggie's making our little grid. Oh, it's Aggie. Hey, (laughs) Aggie. Who's your Castaway of the Week? Week one. This is so exciting. I feel like I do better with castaways of the week than I do with picking my team. And don't we all? No, (laughs) don't we all? I'm going to go with Katora. She's on my team, but I did like the whole thing with the lawyer and it actually panning out to be a useful strategy and not just being like someone worried about being a lawyer and it not really having any sort of payoff. Um, So I think I will pick Katora. Love it. It's hard in episode one because we get such an overview of kind of everybody, except for, you know, the people that we didn't hear from at all, but whatever. Stacey, who's your castaway of the week? I am going with Sabaya because I did really like how she handled everything at Tribal and she does seem like she's going to add a lot of strength to the 
tribe to unfortunately the weak tribe <laughs> but she i i mean she the, well, i don't know if we talked about the logs but i mean she like powered through that and that looked very hard <laughs> so she was the only woman doing it so yeah great pick i'm gonna pick sabaya as well for all the same reasons that you said the logs were so impressive the pep talk that she was giving herself and then by fact that he was walking next to her caleb um, and that Caleb was like, wow, this is really hyping me up too. So impressed by her and so surprised. Like I said, I think my my tune changed the most from cast assessment to watching the episode about Sabaya. So for those reasons, she is my castaway of the week as well. We had a couple fans have spoken. I'm just going to mention two because they were such opposite sides of the spectrum. But as a reminder, we put a question box on our Instagram story sometime in between when the episode airs and we record so follow us on instagram and watch our stories and you might see it you might catch it give us your thoughts or questions but caleb our pal from speaking llama said i'm hopeful for this season and at zohana says felt like it wasted 90 minutes of my life so very different reactions here one optimistic one not so much but you know it really encapsulates the the wide range of feelings on this episode so as we come to the end of our episode we've got one rapid fire question which is if you had to pick a celebrity to have taken hannah's place on this season who would you pick and i gotta think about this so if if anyone has one prepared you go ahead but it's very much in the spirit of of stars on mars which we just watched and then we fan cast season two, which is probably never happening with with some celebs. I'm putting celebs in quotation marks. So if we had to pick a celeb, who would it be to play on this season instead of Hannah? Sorry, Hannah. I mean, I'm going straight. I am casting from stars on Mars and I'm saying Portia. Put Portia on televisions and she would have had a good attitude with even when Brandon wasn't doing well, she would have been like, it's okay. It's day one. It's okay. She would have brought up the energy and <laughs> I'd rather watch her. <laughs> I'd literally watch Love her uh, eat dirt and I'd be like, this was well worth my 20 minutes. Like, I love her. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to say Monet Exchange from Drag Race. Ooh. She has expressed interest in playing Survivor. And I think she would be an inspired choice. And I also think people might not recognize her because. Like uh, out of drag. Yeah. You wouldn't know Monet Exchange out of drag if you haven't watched Drag Race. And for that reason, I think she would be great. Mm-hmm. But she watched all 40 seasons in the pandemic. So I think. I like it. Those are both excellent choices. I'm going to go way more niche and really not so much traditional celebrity but Aggie I'm gonna take a page out of your book because you picked Hannah because she reminded you of Rainy the podcast producer for the Try Guys we're putting Rainy on on Survivor and Rainy wouldn't quit Rainy wouldn't quit and Rainy would be a logical thinker she'd be fun for all ages (laughs) she would get along with her team she would bring some some much needed comedy so I'm gonna I'm gonna put Rainy in because that's kind of what you Great thought choice. already that honestly rainy toll if you're listening you are the reason she's i'm not i'm just she's not listening <laughs> i know but rainy toll you're the reason i picked hannah for my team and what a disappointment you should have been there instead it would have been an easy swap out 
No one would have noticed. No one would have noticed. (laughs) Well, that was fun. Um, That brings us to the... Oh, no, it doesn't. Were we going to... I can't remember. Were we going to, like, just say our... Like, after we did the draft, we also did the, like, top four thing or something. Oh, yes. Thank you for the reminder, Stacey. So we, last season and maybe the one before, in addition to picking our, like, drafted teams where we, we do the snake draft and everybody ends up with, you know, six people... We picked our sort of four players that we either think are going to go far, think maybe are going to win, or are just like really keeping an eye on. So let's share our our four players. Mine were Jake, Kelly, Sifu, and Kendra. So, you know, despite not loving Kendra in, in my initial thoughts and the things I said about her this episode, um, I did pick her in my players to watch. So I was a little bit right with that. Uh, Stacey, who were your four players? Okay, I think two of them were from my team, but I chose Kelly, Caleb, Sabaya, Austin, and I'm I'm feeling good. I don't know if we talked well. We talked about Austin finding the clue. Like I feel like that is a solid four. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm. Uh, th- you got good picks. <laughs> and Aggie, how about you? Who you got? Wow, the way you two are subtweeting me right now. You got good picks. Like fuck you guys well it's just looking at the chart that's on the plan where like one of your picks is already crossed mm-hmm. out and in yes. red mm-hmm. stacy remember at the beginning of the episode where i said we're better i take it all back <laughs> oh no um my picks were jake katoro brando and hannah the other three are good mm-hmm like katoro <laughs> anyway we will be keeping track as the season moves forward of these four players or you know each of our four players to watch as well as the teams that we have drafted um we've got handy little charts where as people get eliminated they get a big strike through and it becomes a red block so visually it's a great way to keep track of who's in the lead for us but that brings us to the already not me anna it's already not aggie um (laughs) yikes it's a, it's such a good feeling to make it through the first episode unscathed. That brings us to the end of this episode, our episode one recap. We were we talked a long time, you guys. Longer than I thought, but I don't know what else I expected from us. But be sure to follow along, follow the pod. We're on Apple and Spotify. Follow our Instagram. And, you know, despite our mixed feelings, I'm looking forward to talking about the season with you all. So uh, catch you on the next one. It might be next week. It might be in a couple weeks. We're not 100% certain yet. It depends how good the episodes are, which it's not looking good. So thank you for listening. Thank you for escaping reality with us. And we'll see you next time. Bye.